is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Live from Armory Studios in Central Florida, you're listening to Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Drop all gas, no break. And now, give it up for your hosts, CJ, Kevin, Jimmy, and Harrison. Take it away, boys. What is going on, Jets Nation? Welcome back to another exciting episode of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast. Here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, CJ the Painkiller D. Simone, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, my partner in crime, and of course, one of my very best friends. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Mr. Kevin Jackson! Good, my brother from another mother. Talk to my me. Look, it's been a it's been a difficult couple of weeks for me, but uh again, back in the zone where we're supposed to be. I'm excited about the week. Obviously, there's not a lot of football to discuss, but that doesn't mean that the Jets Twitter isn't popping right now, baby. We got a dog in the building, you know what I'm saying? Look, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but uh, as of right now, CJ, my man, it's good to see you again. Let's get it popping. I'm ready to go. Damn straight, and yo. I'm going to let you start off tonight's show. I want you to give me your opinion uh, on Jets Twitter and some of the stuff that's going on on Jets Twitter over there, my man. Go for Look, it. We, we already know what it is. We have to be under a rock somewhere to not uh, recognize what it is that we have going on right now, especially uh, in regards to Zach Diggler, you know what I'm saying, our quarterback. <laughs> ex- extraordinary, you know what I'm saying, out there out there giving the business to, uh, to, the, to the old heads. Look. If it is true, can't necessarily say I, I don't know what it's like. You know what I'm saying? I was a young man once myself. If it's not true, then the boost in, in, in you know, just the, the public sentiment right now around this guy is most definitely something that's going to be encouraging going into the season. Look, the world isn't necessarily the most mature place. And, and to be honest with you, if, if I'm going to keep it real, this is not necessarily the type of conversation that we really want to be having surrounding this guy. I keep hearing all these comparisons to Joe Willie being thrown around and all of that, but I don't think that that fits. Joe Willie and and whatever respect is due, Joe Willie was a hoe. Man, come on now. And Zach, we can't necessarily say that that's what it is. Joe Willie was out there slinging, slinging the hash to, you know, all of the flows and, and, and Alice's everywhere, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, Zach might have had a, you know, Mrs. Robinson type of situation going on. Look, come on now. You, you know, I that's knew my, you were going there. That's my, going that, there. that's my era, man. You know what I'm saying? So I, I get it. But realistically, it's funny. It's interesting in that it does give us a little bit of a respite from the nonsense or the nothing that really is kind of going on at this time of the season. Um, and, and, you know, I'll be honest with you. I am thankful. I think there's a lot of folks out there that are thankful that it's happening now and not happening in August or September, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's a lot of attitudes to be had around what Dax and, and, and what old girl, whatever old girl's name is, um, you know, what it is that they're did, homie hopping and, and, you know, guys breaking the bro code and snake and all of that. I've heard all of it. I don't care who he, who he dates. I'll keep it real. He, he could date Dax for all I care. 
20 tutties, you know what I'm saying? And and proficient football coming up this season is really all that matters. So it's a nice welcome, you know, little conversation. The memes have been hilarious. Um, Sauce's tweet, I think, probably had me on the floor uh, crying. Um, and, I mean, a, a lot of folks have weighed in on it. And that's kind of the point this week. There really isn't much else really to focus on, right? I mean, we're still wondering if, if Quan Alexander is going to end up getting signed. We still are going to be waiting to see what happens, you know, during training camp. And if we're going to be adding some additional talent to our linebacker core or whatever improvements that Joe Douglas feels is, is important to the team. But it'll be funny for a couple of days. If it drags into next week, I'll be surprised. But, uh, you know, I, I think Zach Wilson no longer being seen as a kid and now being seen as a man, like a man coming into this season, I think really is going to have a lot uh, of impact on public perception. And I think it's going to give him a little bit of a boost coming in. There's probably not going to be as much negativity, even from the folks who didn't necessarily like the fact that Zach Wilson was drafted here. It's difficult to say that it matters to me in the grand scheme, but it is funny. And I mean, Jet Twitter, you guys are the bomb. <laughs> you guys are so funny. We are all dedicated. We're all bought in right now. Look, it, it was it was exciting for that time. It was kind of tragic for a girl because I know her uh, her social media life right now is in meltdown. Dax is probably going to have a hard time. He's going to be getting it in the locker room. Um, in particular, look, man, football, man. That's really all that matters. And I mean, anybody else that really is worried about anything else, I think you're misplaced. Football is the biggest thing right now. And uh, I'm really just excited to get to that specifically because of this type of uh, situation. Yeah, I feel you on that. I mean, look, dude, can I just speak frankly? Come on now. I mean, all these people over here, I don't give a rat's ass who Zach is banging this week. Okay? Do you know what I care about, Kevin? I'll tell you exactly what I care about. I care about Zach Wilson showing up every friggin' Sunday playing football to the best of his ability, being the baby-faced assassin that we expect him to be this upcoming season because everyone is expecting this kid to take the quantum leap in season two. Plain and simple, okay? I don't care who he's parking, okay? I don't care whose mother he's chilling with. He could be chilling with somebody's father. He could be chilling with somebody's sister, somebody's dog, somebody's cat, somebody's pig, somebody's horse. I don't give a damn. Football on Sundays, when it comes for the regular season, you better be ready to play. And you better be ready to produce. Okay? Plain and simple. Now, I'm about to put somebody on blast who's all... <laughs> oh, Scott Kalisby in the chat. The person exactly who I'm going to put on blast here. Let's hope he can hit water if he falls out of a boat. <laughs> We all know where Scott's at, and I'm going to keep it real. I've, I've been picking that Scott the past couple of weeks, but I know this. When the season starts, Scott's going to get sitting on his couch, you know, with a, with a wings in his beard. He's going to be rooting for the team just like the rest of us, and, and I have to respect that. So it is pretty stupid to really kind of have this conversation. It's funny, but again, we're not all, as a population, I'm, I'm sure we're not really known for our maturity right now, right? So, look, Zach Wilson and who he's banging with, like I said, it, it – it, it's a non-factor. If that kid doesn't throw for 25 touchdowns this season, if this kid doesn't doesn't lead this team to, if I want to be realistic again, any more than eight to nine or possibly even 10 wins this season, and that's you know at the high end of the range, if he's not doing that, ain't none of this going to matter. They're going to be posting and making memes of him banging a goat coming up this season. So, look, this is eh. All right. So, listen, 
I gotta put this on blast because it's just so friggin' funny. I gotta do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So, Scott Kalisby, our resident pain in the ass, right? Always sends me a message. You know, tonight he's off from work. He's kicking back, probably throwing a couple cold ones back with his feet up. God bless you, my friend. You enjoy the day off. You work hard enough for it. Okay? So, he starts off with this. Please, for the love of God, don't be a friggin' Yenta and start talking about who Zach is banging. Mm-hmm. You'll sound just like Kevin Robbins and all the petty BS he's yeah. been posting. For someone who says they're in Zach's corner, he keeps posting some crap about his personal life. When I said that this is the same type of stuff that happened last year, he got pissed off because everyone started attacking his mom for being a Trump supporter. It got so bad that he asked his mom to stop tweeting stuff. He said that didn't matter because most of his Jet fans he knows are Trump supporters. Laugh out loud. I swear he is a complete joke. So I told him, because he was asking me what time the the show started, I told him that I was going to tattoo it on his forehead. He said it'll fit because I have a big head. (laughs) So, and then he chimes off like this. Then a post show so I could still rip you a new butthole for all the orange slices you keep handing out. Because, you know, on Weapons Hot over here, apparently there seems to be the, the thought process that we just hand out all kinds of, like, participation trophies for people who friggin' care. Participation trophies, all right, about everybody who comes and participates and, oh, they did a real good job, so they should just go and give everybody a chance, as long as they try real hard. There's going to be no way to satisfy that. Right. Exactly. And the reality is that, until we start winning games, what really can we say? We can be hopeful. And again, if is is one of the biggest words in creation. So I'm going to choose to be hopeful. I'm going to recognize some of the changes that we've made. I'm going to recognize some of the additions that we've made. We're still going to kick Makai Becton's ass for not really showing up and, and, and kind of being, you know, the biggest sideshow in question mark this season. But the reality is, and I think that this is a league-wide kind of a perception of this team right now, and that we're going to be a better team. You know, I, I honestly don't believe that any team coming into the season is going to look at us and, and choose to say it's like a bye week. So at your own peril, sleep if you want to. I still think we're going to be a good team. And, and you know, as a fan, I'm a fan first, right? I don't get paid to do this. I'm a fan first. I think we're in good shape. And I, I honestly do believe that we're going to play well. I'm watching people in, in Jets Twitter and Facebook talking about, you know, Zach Wilson's banging whoever this chick is, and he's guaranteed 35 tutties this season. Let's pump the brakes a little bit, right? Because that's a that's a ridiculous assumption. I don't think that this team is going to need him to do that. I don't think they want him to do it. I think they want Zach to be a 20, 25 touchdown guy, and they want to see Brees Hall break 1,200 yards and Michael Carter get close to 1,000 or maybe somewhere around 1,100 yards from scrimmage rushing and receiving. So being an optimistic Jets fan, I don't really think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's, it's, it's a little going overboard to say that we're homers or drinking Kool-Aid or whatever. I think if you watch what it is that we've done, you kind of recognize what it means to have an influx of talent on the level that we've seen it. I don't think it's far-fetched to say that we should actually be a pretty good team above 500 this season. You know it's very, very hard for me to be optimistic about this team. I'm going to make my point, and then I want to get some of these comments on the air because some of the stuff that's that's in the chat is absolutely just, just priceless. And I thank all of you for tuning in tonight because mm-hmm. this is going to be one hell of a show. I can't wait. Let's face facts first. 
okay? This is a 4-13 and football team that we, fin- we, we finished the season last year. Don't hand me, we did this in the offseason, we did that in the offseason, we upgraded this position, we upgraded that position, we upgraded over here, there, and everywhere. Okay, on paper, the New York Jets look like a better football team than they did last year. I'll give everybody that. But, Jax, you know where I'm going to go with this. Paper doesn't win football games. Paper doesn't win playoff games. Paper does not win a playoff championship. It doesn't. So I don't care about your paper. I don't care about the upgrades that we made at this position group and at that that position group and at the other position group. Because all it takes is for the injury bug at the beginning of the year to snakebite this team. All it takes is for the injury bug to hit the New York Jets the way it always does every friggin' year. And what are we going to be talking about week five? What are we going to be talking about week seven? What are we going to be talking about week 11? Everybody's going to forget about the Jets' regular season, and we're going to start talking about the draft. Then nobody cares because the team is going to trend. The team's going to fall apart. Everybody's going to start pissing and moaning. Fire Joe Douglas. Fire Robert Sala. This guy's a bum. This guy's a jerk. This guy's worthless. This guy can't play, blah, 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 blah. You all know it. We listen to it every single year. (laughs) Over and over and over from this fan base. You and I sit up here. We've been sitting up here now. This is year three, you and I are together. Every year, what do we say? We go into the season. We have a little bit of optimism. We start feeling ourselves a little bit. The Jets could be a good football team. This, that, and the third. And then all of a sudden, what happens? Jets start off two and five. Jets start off one and six. Jets start off 0 and seven. And now the sky is falling. Everybody needs to be fired. Woody needs to sell the team. MetLife needs to be burned to the ground. So for me, I'm done with the talking. I'm done with the take flight. I'm done with the one Jets drive promos about them tooting their own horn, about these guys that are coming in here and they want to win and they do this and we talk about culture change and we talk about accountability. Show me! Two words! Show me! At this point, and again, how many times have we said this, man? Been a fan for over 40 years. Have been able to recognize some good times, but have literally had to wear a coat of armor underneath our Jets jerseys when we go to Walmart because the fact of the matter is the slings and arrows come. We've been a bad team. I don't think there's really any doubt about that. I don't think there's anybody that couldn't point to a myriad of reasons why it is that we've been a trash organization. Still love the Jets, man. It ain't going to change. I still wear my Jets draws when I'm getting ready to go play poker. I feel like that's my lucky charm. I'm going to keep it real. I've won a few stacks with them on. On Sundays, though, maybe not so much. So, look, great point. We need to see wins. Without wins, none of these things actually change in reality. Right, so real quick, I want to start getting these comments on the air. Tabu Welcome, guys. Tabu Calderon, new Calderon. listener. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Welcome Shout to out to you, Calderon. my friend. Yes, sir. Appreciate you joining us. What's That's good, Familia? Karen Broward Jr., my boy, JR. Okay. Good. All right, my producer from Weapons Hot Mission Briefs on Jets World, which will be airing tomorrow night. Thomas Gutman. Okay. Zach Wilson has pinpoint accuracy and needs okay. to stay focused on that. Okay, time to start the show. Tommy G bringing the fire already. Guy Fisher, most Jet fans are Trump supporters. Interesting. With a laughing face emoji. Scott Cleesby, CJ, the last three weeks has been as soft as baby poop in a wet diaper about the Jets. 
What has there been to talk about, you asshole? Really? All right, Carl Falk. You'll have to specify as to the bedroom or the playing field in regards to Zach Pinpoint accuracy. Carl Falk! He don't miss. That is, that is the he comment of the night right there. Miss. My boy right there. He don't miss. He don't miss. That is my boy. All right, Tabu Calderon back in the chat again. Jesus, some fans need to grow up. Jerry Pettigrassi, thank you for joining us tonight. Welcome, Grounded and bound. Big CJ, hope you're goody. Let's hope our Jets are blessed this year, brother. Scott Kalisby, this team has to make sure it has a decent O-line. Guy Fisher, Brees Hall, and Michael Carter should, if they stay healthy, should rack 2,000 yards this season. I hope so. Facts, again, by Tabu Calderon. We understand that you don't get paid for this, and we appreciate all the Jets talk, Kevin and CJ. We don't get paid for chatting it up with the Jets with you either, but we look forward to the weekly dialogue. Tommy G, you're the man. This is the reason why we do it. John Suggs, thoughts on Mekhi Becton, weight issues. Johnny, we're going to get back to that question in just a moment. Yeah. Jerry Pettigrassi in the chat one more time. If Zach Wilson has to throw over 25 times, it's not good. Run the rock and play defense, ground and pound, absolutely. Scott Kalisby, I'm going to be talking to my bookie about all the money I'm going to make again if this team doesn't start to win. Call Falk in response to the Zach Wilson comment. Ground and pound, this is what his friend's mom told him to do also. <laughs> Tabu yeah. Calderon, sure, upgrade is good, but if there ain't winning, someone ain't doing their job on the coaching staff. You know what? So, Great point, actually. Yep. It, it, it's something that we've discussed here a few different times, really. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> Scott Kalispi, CJ has a potty mouth. Laugh out loud. No. <laughs> nah. Nah, not at all. Not CJ, come on. Not man. at all. I'm a quiet boy. <laughs> Nick Shine Jr. I I love it when he's in. How the hell are you this angry in the second week of July? Right. <laughs> Nick, first off, welcome back home from his surgical procedure last week. He got That's the right. clean bill of health. He's home. That's Thank right. God for that. Rest up and relax. Scott Kalisby, two and seven. That cursed jar is going to be full after CJ's rant. LOL. Jerry Pettigrassi, it's for the last three years. We are out of it by October. It's horrible. Absolutely, it's the truth. Okay, John Suggs. Thank you again for the comment. And I promise we're, we're going to get to your Kai Becton question. Yeah, Wilson consistently held the ball too long in the pocket before throwing, and it caused the offense to sputter. It caused sacks, interceptions, and caused problems with Wilson's downfield ball placement. Got sacked 44 times last year. Jets just need to improve the offensive line. Mm -hmm. Amen. And you know what? Unfortunately, it's going to come back to that question about Mekhi Becton, which, which, again, Johnny, great points. I promise we're going to address that Mekhi Becton thing. Tabu Calderon, they really have to make us true believers. Call Falk. The ladies tell Zach to show me and he obliges. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Nick Shine Jr. says call Falk all the way around. Zach says show me and they oblige. Zach's that guy already, Scott Kalisby, what are the odds if we start out 2-7 and seven and Zach isn't playing well? That Zach keeps his job 100%, I say? No, I don't. And you I'm going to bring up a point about that, yeah, too. It's a worst-case scenario if Zach ends up getting benched for Joe Flacco. Right. right. But I'm No, he's real. getting benched for Mike White. I still have this, this idea that Mike White is not going to make it out of training camp, and not because he sucks and not because he's not a good quarterback. I think somebody's going to snatch him up. Tabu Calderon, thank you as well, brother. Guy Fisher back in the chat. Welcome as always. Listen, I'm missing a Jeff Ulbrich needs to get fired comment. Come on now. <laughs> not yet. Don't let not me yet. down over here. Yeah, we, right. we, we, we too. We too if we lose both of them games. Right. <laughs> Salah has told them to take it easy during preseason. That's where most of our injuries started. Scott Kalispi said pinpoint accuracy. Laugh out loud. 
and Tabu Calderon. Yo, my guys, keep doing your thing. We appreciate you tuning in tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so now for the Makai Becton issue, I want to get started on Johnny Suggs. Makai Becton, I don't give a... This dude comes in at 500 pounds to training camp. He better be ready to maul cats on that offensive line. Because if he wants that left tackle spot back, then he needs to play his ass off. Like, there better be Makai Becton, and there better be his ass, like, back here. Okay? This is a problem. Realistically, the problem is, is that we're still talking about this. I keep hearing that the team wants him to play at 350. If I recall correctly, he ran that ridiculously blazing fast 40 at 367 a few years ago at the Combine. 350, I think, might be difficult for him. I'm just going to keep it real. I don't want to say that it's not possible, and I also don't want to say that the injury that he sustained last season was because he was too heavy. I think the Jets might be asking Makai to do something that he may honestly have an extremely hard time doing. Now, he's a millionaire. He's a football player, professional, the whole thing. I'm not really making those type of excuses for him because the fact of the matter is, is that if they feel like it's possible for him, then I think maybe, you know, they obviously know more than what it is that I would not be in the building. But 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 the fact is, is that I don't believe in having light in the ass offensive linemen. I just kind of don't. Him playing at 400 pounds, if that is something that he's comfortable doing, we all saw what happened a few years ago when we were at, what, what was the linebacker's name, the, the young cat? That we asked him to put on all that weight and it ended up ruining his career. I remember his, his story was so good. We were really excited uh-huh. about it. He came from Louisville too, right? If you guys in the chat, if y'all can if y'all can help me out with that, right? So we what asked, is it? Is it is it Lorenzo Malden? Him. Facts. Okay. That's the guy. Loren- yeah, him. Um, they, they told him to put on 15 pounds. And he fell off the map. He like he couldn't do it and still maintain the level of play that we were kind of expecting to see him play. And I mean, it's, it's difficult, but this in particular, it's not going to go away. If Makai Becton comes into training camp and he's still 370, it's going to be a question. It's going to be an issue. It's going to be something that we're talking about. But if he comes in at 370 and he's pancaking and he's mauling and he plays well enough to be in conversation to continue to play at left tackle, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not in a, in a position to say that I know how it's going to shake out. But I'm going to keep it real. If he was playing at 370, then why not just have him come back in at 370 instead of actually putting so much more pressure on what I have to imagine is still probably a tender knee. I remember somebody kept saying it's not the knee, it's the foot, right? Yep, yep, that's right. Speaking of which, I'm going to get this comment on the air. Jerry Pettigrassi. CJ, I've been trying to tell you that Becton has a foot problem that the Jets have kept under wraps. It's over for him. So I'm thinking... That if this, in fact, is true, we could see Makai Becton maybe dealt for like a sixth-round pick or something like that just, just to get him out, make him somebody else's problem. Scott, you're wild in there. You're talking about him losing 50 pounds at 370. 320? Come on now. The guy's 6'8". We don't want basketball players. We want football players on the offensive line. We want big uglies. That's the reason why they call them big uglies. We don't want big pretties. We don't want big-ass ballerinas. We want big monkey ass. I'm getting ready to push you all the way into, into the parking lot. That's what we want. I said it a couple weeks ago. I'll say it again. The minute we start talking about we want light in the ass, ballerina ass offensive linemen, you can come get me because I know I lost it. That's not what we want. It's not what we want, especially when we got all of these big hog ass guys that are playing on the defensive line. Look, this is a difficult question because we want them to be healthy. We want him to be strong. We want him to be physical. We want him to be all of that. But I don't know if being healthy and strong equates to 350 pounds for him. I think he's just too big for it. 
if it is his foot, and to Jerry's point, and, and Jerry, welcome aboard, man. I know I didn't address you directly, but welcome, my man. It's the first time I've had a chance to interact. If it is the foot and they're keeping it under wraps, then this is the Jets' fault yep. for not disclosing that, right? This is an organizational problem that right. we haven't been able to overcome with all of this nonsense. Even going back to some of the nonsense with Mama Wilkerson and them not being forthcoming about him being a dick in, in, in practice and all the other stuff. If they were honest about that, then I think that a lot of what it is that we would have heard is, let's not sign Muhammad Wilkerson, let's pay snacks. That would have been me. All right, so Thomas Gutman gave me a little bit of information here. Mike White was placed on waivers and dropped by the Jets already. Nobody else took him. Really? Then we picked Mike White back up. He might be placed on the practice squad again. And he'll be safe until QB start dropping in the league. We'll see. That, and that's why I said that's why I don't think he'll be with us. And 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 I remember those transactions. And then him being signed off the practice squad is much more of a likelihood than him actually being here, you know, long enough for us to feel like, you know, if something happens to Zach or if something happens to Flacco, that he'll be available. I don't think he'll be available. John Suggs, I was actually going to type this in, but I want to read this comment on the air. Backup Mike White stepped in for an injured Wilson, and magically the offense clicked on all cylinders. Clearly Wilson is the problem. They had some good games. You compare his stats. Dude, you're not telling me anything we didn't see yeah. with, with our own eyes. We've we addressed okay? this a couple of different times. Yeah. <laughs> and want to know something? If Mike White probably does not injure his hand, in the Indianapolis Colts game, that game is probably not as bad as it comes out. The only good thing that came out of that game was we got to see Josh Johnson operate the offense, and he led a furious comeback in which the Jets only lost by 15 as opposed to losing by 36. I think I said it at the time that Josh Johnson coming in and running the offense the way that he did after Mike White playing the way that he did just basically it boosted what Zach was able to see in film study, right? You can see different guys process different things at a high level. We still, you know, we still put up 300 some yards, you know, on passing in each of them games. Zach was a rookie. I wasn't expecting him to come in and play lights out, but I did expect him to play better than he did. And the fact of the matter is, is that I know the whole how it is that he played towards the end of the season kind of thing. It's a little shaky because, right, we saw Darnold play well, you know, at the end of a couple of seasons, and he's a scrub. I don't think there's anybody that, that could that could dispute that currently, right? But Zach is still a young quarterback, man. I'm just If we're being real, if we're being honest about it, who really expects rookies to come in and ball out? I mean, not everybody's going to be a Justin Herbert. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody's going to be like a Kyler Murray. And, and, and even Kyler wasn't – phenomenal his rookie season he played well no he wasn't right so i'm just saying this is an opportunity right now and again hard conversation to have because yeah we struggle and until we show it there really isn't much that we can say to the we're going to be good thing but if the guy makes marginal improvements i think that we actually see at least two to three games difference in the win column i think that's just standard progression right now all right so really quick before we start segueing into continuing the comments and stuff like that I want to call everybody's attention to the new scroll that I just put on the bottom here. Let's help Mr. Iowan Jets fan get to a home game. This is the GoFundMe. If you click on that link, if you write down that link, you could actually donate to help this kid go to a home game. I'm doing this as a favor to Adam Bartolo and Jeremy Gravatt. Yeah, yeah, my man Jeremy. All right. Host of Chaos, Chaos with Jeremy. <laughs> That's a good show. All right. It's so, a show. I was on that show a couple weeks ago, man. Jeremy's the bomb. I, lo I love that show. I was just on that show this past Friday yeah. when Nick Shine was still in the hospital. <laughs> the funny thing is, as soon as Jeremy brought me on, he goes, 
okay, well, the doctor said that I can't be around anything or anyone that raises my blood pressure, so I'm out. <laughs> and he almost signed off, and we were laughing hysterical. But it was funny. So, getting back to some of these comments over here, I want to just scroll back up because there's there's some really, really good comments. Nick Shine Jr., we could have a bad record and be more competitive, losing close games, be competitive in the game with five minutes left. That's major progress. Scott Kalispi, let's also talk about how, for everyone talks about how good our D-line is supposed to be. CJ, you could have run for 1,000 yards with Kevin and I blocking for you. Our defensive line was decimated last season. We've got at least four or five guys coming back that we really didn't get much production from last season. And, I mean, again, if you really look at it, we're talking about the position group that is the deepest on the team. It probably has the, the most veteran talent. It is going to be difficult. I think what it is that we saw last season really wasn't indicative of what it is that we have on the roster currently. It is all buts and ifs until we, we get out there and we kind of show. Uh, Scott also, you know, kind of had a comment about Zach at the end of last season. And realistically, I think that is what it is that we should expect from Zach until he has the type of experience under his belt that Mike White and Josh Johnson had. Mike White isn't a, a second or third year quarterback. Mike White's been at least, what, five years, six years now? There is no substitute for experience. He's been through training camps. He's been through all of these different things that give him so much more of an edge over what it is that we expect to see from Zach Wilson. And if what you're saying is that Zach didn't play well over the course of that, that stretch, I don't know if I can agree with that. I don't think that he's mature enough in his game to be able to expect 300-yard games like that, like what it is that we, we saw from those guys. Um, but I'm not going to say that that shouldn't be the case for him coming up towards the end of this season and going into next. I do think that we've also watched the maturation of Matt LaFleur, and I think that also changes the dynamic of what uh, Zach is going to do. Um, but just for right now, again, and I, I reiterate it, we're going to be a run first team. And I don't think there should be any question about it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Tommy Gutman in the chat, you need to start sharing chaos with Jeremy when you guys are guests on Facebook so we could all enjoy the show. I honestly don't go out of my way to follow a lot of shows. We appreciate that. So next time he goes live, I will send you the link. And there's a bunch of other comments I want to get to over here. So I do apologize to everybody if I don't get them in order. But... Man, let me tell you, what a bunch of comments. And again, thank you, everybody, who's taking the time out tonight to comment in here. Mike White never had to take a snap in the league. Stop with the Zach excuses, Scott Kalisby. So wait a minute. Are, are we saying that a guy who's been through five full seasons in the league, whether he's taken a snap in game time or not, doesn't have that same type of experience playing through all of the practices, all of the preseason, all all of those things like that that's not meaningful or useful experience all right so the next one over here i believe this defense is definitely better my only concern is jeff albright can he get the best out of him scott calisby again 180 yards a game isn't going to win anything john suggs has another question again which which i'm going to address here thoughts on Corey davis elijah moore michael carter let him walk or keep him for uh, keep him for a long one Corey Davis has to come out this year and have a much better year production-wise than he did last year because otherwise it does not justify the contract that Joe Douglas gave him last year. I don't think he's going to justify it anyway because if, if everything works the way that we expect at the end of the season, he'll be a three. All right, so Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore has the potential to be a star in this wide receiving core. Michael Carter, the running back, paired with Brees Hall. They have the opportunity to be a dynamic duo in the running game. 
Look, you just need a fullback. 2,500 yards from scrimmage between the two of them. Plus, I would almost bet. Now, Michael Carter, the defensive player, he's going to have to fight to get some reps. And I think that he probably can fight to get some reps. It's going to be difficult, but I think he'll be he'll be good. I, I think uh, he may end, he may end up being a starter in the slot, but it, I, I just got to be real about this because I know there, there's been a lot said about him because he had such a, a really good start to last season. Kind of leveled out and middled out towards the end of last season. He gave up some plays. I mean, as a rookie, I think he still acquitted himself well. If he is on that same trajectory. And rookies get better, right? Or or, or they're out of the league. If, if if he gets better the way that we would expect, he's a solid starting slot corner for us. Point blank, period. The end. That's what I, that's what I see from him. That's gonna do it for the comments right now. Um, please, everybody, keep them coming. Tonight is an open topic discussion. If there's something you want us to talk about, please, by all means, pop it into the chat. We will talk about it. All right. So now, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna turn the floor over. To my co-host here, Mr. Kevin Jackson, as he takes us in the white hot spotlight. So, Kevin, tell me, who do we have in the spotlight this evening? In the spotlight tonight, apparently blocking it out totally because he's so big is Makai Beckton. Um, look, I'm not going to talk about the Zach Wilson nonsense because I think you all know that that is nothing more than a joke at this point. And Makai Beckton's situation with this team is no longer a joking matter. What we have kind of believed that we've seen Joe Douglas do with revamping this offensive line has put us in a situation where if everyone that we have plays to the level that we expect that they should play, we're talking about a top 10 line and, and quite possibly top five and one of the best in the league. I think when your biggest question mark is McGovern, and he was a pro bowler a few years ago, I think that that speaks to the talent that we have here. There's no denying what it is that we saw from ABT last season. There's no denying what it is that we have in Lakin Tomlinson if he comes in and plays anything remotely close to who it is that he's been. Orch Fant, for all intent and purposes, took the starting left tackle spot from Makai Becton. And I mean, you know, you can't Wally pip him, right, because he got hurt and he didn't play. But this is where the question comes in, and this is why this week he's in the spotlight. I do not want to dismiss, and I hope that us as fans, we're not forgetting um, what Makai Becton really looked like as a rookie. He looked like he was going to be a top guy, and that is as a rookie. He looked like, you know, some tweaks and some and some more experience, and this guy was going to be a lot for the Pro Bowl, probably even all pro consideration, and still could be probably one of the best offensive linemen that we have had, and that speaks because a lot of some of the best players in Jets history have been offensive linemen, right? So I don't have stats right now. And, and, and please excuse me, because as of right now, I don't think that any stat that we discussed from previous is really going to have any bearing on what it is that we should expect going forward. Makai Becton is an all-world type of talent when he's healthy. He's shown to be an extremely confident and and you know, in most cases, above average at the position that he plays. And that position that he plays is one of the most important on any football team. If he does not come into camp reasonably close to what the expectation has been set by this coaching staff, all of what it is that we discussed about this offensive line being upper echelon is most definitely going to fall by the wayside. And, I mean, it, again, I said it previously, if is a huge word, right? Two letters, probably 
one of the largest ranges of possibility that we can imagine. If, because if he does come in and he's 380, 385, I'm not sure if any way that he plays is going to take the bad taste out of the mouth of this coaching staff. If he does come in 375 or less, I think we can expect to see that he'll play himself into whatever shape it is that I think the coaching staff would be comfortable with. And maybe they might have to adjust what their understandings of what they're expecting from him are. And this is a really big deal, guys, because everybody that is is here knows. I mean, you know, when, when the Jets are good, it's because we have a phenomenal offensive line. It's because we run the ball well. It's because, you know, that offensive line gives what has been kind of substandard quarterbacks going back years. It gives them time to be at least effective enough to win games, right? Mark Sanchez wasn't a world beater, but Mark Sanchez walked into probably one of the best team situations that any rookie quarterback probably have ever has with this organization. Gives them time to be at least something has to give, right? And Makai Becton is the biggest question mark coming into this season. I'm going to keep this short, obviously, because the, the reality is, is that everybody knows what it is that I'm talking about. This isn't something that anybody that has even a passing interest in this team hasn't heard or has heard somebody talking about, has engaged in a conversation about what it is that they feel, whether good or bad. Them little funky-ass Instagram posts and all that, I said a couple weeks ago, none of that makes any difference to me. When I said I got into it with Makai Beckton, it's because I was asking, why is it that he would post practice scripts on Instagram when what it is that he should be posting is his max? I want to see how enough. I'm saying how much of a dog are you? Makai Beckton is the question mark, second to what it is that we're going to get from Zach Wilson, but related very much to what it is that we're going to get from Zach Wilson. If our offensive line is porous and and it's missing pieces due to injury or due to poor play or due to getting benched because, you know, the Big Macs can't, you know, you can't keep away from the Big Macs, then, you know, that's one thing. But if Makai Beckton comes back and is even remotely – similar to who it is that he was as a rookie. I think we both. CJ, what do you think? Am, am, am I am I off base, guys, in the comments? I mean, talk to me. What, what, what do you think? John Suggs brought up a couple of things in the, in the comments. In regards to the most important player, we talk about Mekhi Becton here, but what about Quentin Williams? What about Carl Lawson? Now, I, I kind of agree with Johnny on the defensive side of the ball, but – the focus here is about Makai Becton because that seems to be the biggest question mark. I've already made my feelings known. I don't give a shit what he does as long as he comes to training camp and he's ready to play. If he is going to have issues with that foot, then yeah, it's going to be a problem. And the Jets are going to have to find a way to get out from underneath it. It's also going to be crucial for the Jets to get some more offensive line depth because as we know, football is a game of attrition. Guys get hurt. And you got to hope that people can stay healthy for a full 17 games now. Now, reading some more of these comments, wait and see this talent transfer on the field. Next month is preseason, so we all have a little bit of hope to see steadily what comes next. That's from Guy Fisher. Tabo Calderon, while the situation is so bad, I really wanted him to get his groove, and it's a shame he could have become a really good offensive lineman. Tommy Gutman in the chat agreed. Kevin Jackson, Makai Becton has me very concerned right now because the Jets' season depends on the success. Without Becton starting, we will unfortunately have a losing season again. Scott Gleesby, Becton's agent, just called the Jets and told them he's going into acting. They're doing a remake of The Blob. He's got a chance for the lead. Also, another thing, this just in, Fat Albert just told Becton to not wear a red shirt. He's tired of being confused for him. 
Guy Fisher, George Fant can play left tackle, but who will sub for him? Scott Kalispi, how many millions of reasons to learn how to lose the weight? Groceries are expensive. Thomas Gutman, I mean Max Mitchell, was brought in as a fourth-rounder pick swing off offensive tackle, but so was Cameron Clark. Cameron Clark so, got hurt. There's a little bit of difference in that, right? Cameron Clark did get hurt. Degenerative disease, that is what caused him to retire. Max Mitchell's intriguing. I just don't think he'll be ready this year. I like him as a prospect. I think with some really good coaching, the possibility is that he could actually end up being it. Right? I think they did bring him in to eventually be a starter. I think he's got that type of talent. As a rookie, it's going to be really difficult, I think. Right. Yeah, so right now, as far as I'm concerned, just get everybody into training camp. Let's see how everybody looks. Let's see how everybody plays and performs before we all start jumping to conclusions. You know, especially about the Becton weight thing. Same thing with the Zach Wilson. This is silly season. Silly season 2.0 where everybody's wrapped up in bubble wrap. They hope everybody comes to training camp and everybody's everybody's healthy. Nobody wants to get hurt, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It is what it is. I saw that comment earlier, too, about kind of taking it light in training camp. And to an extent, I'm kind of there, but you don't get better at playing football by not playing football. You kind of have to play, and I think – a lot right. of the reason why we see injuries around the league is because they're pulling it back as much as they are in preseason and, and in camp. It's a catch-22. We obviously have to be very mindful of injuries because that's been a huge part of why it is that we've been bad. But I'm excited for this season because I know that there are people that are watching this show. Even the guys in the comments, and you guys are killing in the comments tonight. Thank you all for rocking with us, except you, Scott. But the fact of the matter is that <laughs> we come into this part of the season every year with hopes and with expectations, and expectations for a Jets fan are really difficult. It doesn't mean I don't want to have them. I think we have more reason now to have them than we've had in, in previous years, and that's you know going back 10, 15 years. Yeah, and the thing is, is that, see, this goes back to my rant earlier today. We talked about what happens on paper, right? Jets are a better football team on paper than they were last year. And that's all well and good. But here's the thing. Paper is not going to win you football games, and paper is not going to win you a championship. All right? So what we need is we need for about 80 to 90% of the players that are on paper that were brought in to upgrade this team to actually come in and ball out. We need Zach Wilson to take that step forward to prove that he could be the guy. And he's not just another guy or a jag. Okay? Try to do it now. Try to do it soon. You know, and then the defense. The defense has to learn how to be able to get off the field. When you have somebody third and 17 and not give up a, a first down conversion, you have to learn how to be able to put to put the boot on the throat. You have to learn how to be able to go out there and to play and get everybody ready for what's next to come. Now, what I mean by that is get your players ready, go out, develop that killer instinct, perform with that killer instinct, and smack some people around. Get a stop. Get a stop when your offense needs it. Give your offense an opportunity to go and win the game with less than two minutes to go. Put your offense in a, in a better position for them to be able to take advantage of it. And defense... The defense has got to get a goddamn stop. You can't spend 70 to 80% of the game on the field. Or in the fourth quarter, you're going to be gassed. And you can't make that stop. This is difficult, right? This is like the hardest part of what it is that we do. Trying to project what the expectation is coming into a season because we've made what appear to be positive changes. As much as I just got the business, he's right, man. If, if we're not winning, it is really difficult to continue to put as much effort into rooting for this team. But 
like the masochists that we are, right? We'll come back every year and we'll hope that, you know, it's better. Joe Douglas has shown us something over the course of the past couple of seasons. And, and yeah, it's not been perfect and there are some holes in what it is that he's done. But in any situation, any general manager, I think, has those same types of questions. His failure to address the kicking situation early in his tenure here with us, that was an immediate red flag for me. It was an immediate red flag for me. But we've seen him, you know, Jamal Adams trade, one of the, the most impactful trades in the history of this organization. Um, the Sam Donald trade, looking better and better every second. You know, being able to get a, a, a fourth rounder for Chris Herndon, and, and, and who is that? This season in particular, I think, is a microcosm of why it is that it's been as difficult for us. Because we are seeing what we look or what we believe to be positive, you know, kind of additions. If it doesn't work out on the field, let me tell you right now, I don't think anybody's going to have any problems at all with burning this jump to the ground. And let's bring it back again all over from the beginning. I just can't see it. Zach Wilson, though, I think Zach Wilson gets three years of us. All right. So with that, we are coming up against it. So it's time right, for our right. final thoughts. So, Kevin, tee it off, and I'll follow it up. Scott posted a, a comment that I think like every one of us, I'll probably, you know, kick everybody out of the house and sit on the edge of my little barker lounger in there, and I'll look at the big screen, and I'll be rooting for this team. My final thoughts are, it's the best time of the season because, again, we want to have something to look forward to, and it seems like we have some things. It's the worst time of the season because we are looking forward to things, and then if it doesn't work out, then, you know, obviously the entire world melts around us, and then, again, we have to be very mindful about where it is that we wear our Jets gear. You know what I'm saying? So my expectation, and, yes, I did say expectation. My expectation is that we'll play well. How good we'll play, it still remains to be seen. I want to be hopeful. I want to be optimistic. I still believe I should have tempered expectations, but I'm just going to keep it real. Tempered expectations for this team, this roster, what it is that we've done is at least eight wins. Bottom, if we don't win eight games, I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be some questions about whose head's going to roll. So I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to continue to chop it up with you guys that have been here with us faithful and making the comments pop tonight. Thank you so very much for that. Me and CJ, can't thank you enough. Like I said, we've been doing this for years, and that is the lifeblood of why it is that we do it. It's because we love rapping with you guys. We love talking Jets football. And uh, sometimes it's stupid. Sometimes it's real. Sometimes we all get frustrated and we go on them rants, and CJ is famous for those. I have my own, but mine are a little different because – First and foremost, I try to be a, a man of faith, <laughs> and I have to be careful because these folks will make me say some things that I know for a fact that my Lord would not want to hear me say. But because I do pray for this team, I do believe in this team, since Bobby Jackson used to come to my house when I was a kid and hang out with my father, and that's real life. We used to have jets at my house. My mom's telling me the other day she got to drive a cherry red BMW from one of the players that used to come to the house when I was a baby, right? So... This organization is in my blood. It's in my family. It is the reason why I don't root for another team. I might like other teams. I might be excited about a game. But the Jets are where my heart lies. This is the most important part. And this is the most difficult part for me because I hate seeing us lose. It's a hell of a time to be a Jets fan because I don't think we will. CJ, what do you think? How do we wrap it up? Listen, I'm just going to make mine short and sweet. Training camp, we're staring down the barrel of it. Let's hope nobody gets hurt in the next week and a half. Jets are slated to open training camp, I think, what is it, the 27th, the 28th, or something to that effect. The main thing is, let's get everybody healthy into training camp. 
Let them work out the install. Let them work out the kinks and get themselves ready to go. So here's the deal. You want to be optimistic about the team? Go ahead. You want to be pessimistic about the team? Go ahead. For me, I choose not to be optimistic or pessimistic. I'm at the show-me level because I've been watching this for over 40-plus years. All right? Every year we get sold a bill of goods. This team comes out and shits the bet. I'm tired of it. You're tired of it. There's a lot of people out there that are tired of it. Now they've gone and they've made some key acquisitions. They've made some upgrades. Good for you. Here's a round of applause for you. Okay? Now go out there on the field and go win some football games. Because if this team doesn't win at least seven to nine games this season, in a year that we are expected to turn the corner, there's going to be a lot of questions that are going to be asked in the offseason. And don't be surprised if both Joe Douglas's and Robert Silas seat get much, much hotter than they are right now. And we haven't done a friggin' thing yet. And that is going to do it for tonight's episode of Weapons Hotter New York Jets Fan Broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'd like to thank all of you who nice. tuned in tonight because you guys right here are the best. Appreciate you. You guys, give yourselves a round of applause right here. Please. You can follow the show Please. on Twitter at Weapons Hot Show. You can follow me at JetsFan0523, my partner in crime right over there from his top <laughs> secret bunker over there in Georgia at Spotty Blackman. Weapons Hot, plenty of ways you can follow the show. Right here every Monday night, 7 p.m. on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Go and like the Facebook page. Message us. We'll message you right back. We love talking about football. Love talking about this team with fans. Also, leave us some feedback about how we're doing here on this show. You think you you like the show? You think we're doing a great job? Please leave us a like. Leave us a message. We love stuff like that. If you think we suck and we know nothing about football, that's fine. Leave us a comment, too. We'll troll back and forth with you. We got no problem with that. Please, I love that. Okay. Another way that you could consume Weapons Hot on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Go to their page, hit the like button, hit the notification bell. Every time that any show from the Worldwide Sports Radio Network goes live, you will get a notification. You don't want to do the Facebook page? That's fine. Download the app. If you have Google Play, search up Worldwide Sports Radio Network. If you have an iPhone, go to the iOS store and search up WWSRN. Weapons Hot also has a YouTube channel. We haven't been using it lately, but we will be firing that back up closer as the regular season starts creeping along. So be mm-hmm. sure to go and check that out. And, and last, after dark sessions, not, and after dark right. sessions, my man, I can't wait. Yeah. And last but certainly not least, yours truly has a solo show every Tuesday <laughs> yeah. night at 7 p.m. called right. Weapons Hot Mission <laughs> Briefs. It's an uncensored show. It's an unfiltered show where I basically just unload on one or two particular topics. Shout out to my guy, Garen Brower Jr. He's the straw that stirs the drink over there, my producer, helping me put together a quality show for you guys because that's what I feel that you guys deserve as Jet fans. So, thanks, with that, for Mr. Kevin Jackson, otherwise known as Spotty Blackman, and all 11 of you that are actually watching right now, thank you guys so much. This is CJ the Painkiller D. Simone signing off. We will see you guys when we see you guys. Peace, love, go Jets, be good to one another. And don't forget Mission Briefs tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Peace! Be there, be square. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.